So good morning, church. How you doing this morning? Yeah, you doing good? It's so good to be with you. Um, I just Before I get started here, I just have a few announcements. First and foremost, um, we have a little bit of an update for the Women's Fellowship. Uh, you've received an email uh, regarding the upcoming Women's Fellowship. It's been postponed until Friday, March uh, 25th. Uh, next month, we'll have more details on that for you, but just so you know, that's been postponed until March 25th. Also, the last day to sign up for, uh, we have a, a course here, Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts, uh, which will be done by Pastor Ralph. The last day to sign up for that is uh, the 23rd. So January 23rd is your last day to sign up. Uh, so please sign up for that. It's a great way to, to kind of learn what your spiritual gifts are. Amen. How many of us like want to grow more in our spiritual giftings? Right? Amen. Hopefully all of us. Yeah, amen. Good. Um, so that's something that, hey, listen, find Pastor Ralph, uh, sign up for that. We would love to have you there. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we are kicking off a new series uh, talking about um, the generous life, right? So, hey, listen, let's just, let's just take a moment. Let's recognize something that most of us have in common here, okay? And that's that, uh, have you ever shown up to a church for the first time, uh, maybe the first time in a long time, and the, the message that they're talking on is giving? Have you ever had that, right? And worse yet, have you ever like brought somebody to church? Like you've talked up your church or like maybe you've, you've talked about grace and peace for a long time and you finally, like they finally come out and the first time they come out, you're talking about giving, right? Have you ever had that? You're like, oh Lord, right? Like, so just be encouraged. We're not, we're not here. This is uh, today. We're not talking about giving specifically. We're talking about a heart of generosity, right? We're talking about a heart of generosity. So if you're here, maybe it is your first time in a long time. Maybe you're somebody who just showed up because somebody kept inviting you to church. I just want to say, hey, listen, we want to talk about the Lord today. We want to talk about kingdom. We want to talk about the heart of generosity. Because how many of you know there is a shortage of generosity in the world today? Amen, right? There's just a shortage of generosity. Like, there's just not enough people that have a heart of generosity because it's not passive, right? You don't just, like, you don't just pop out of the womb being generous, right? Amen. And, and anybody who's ever worked with children absolutely know that this is true, right? Like, like some of children's, like, I'm, I'm, right, so Gabrielle and I are, for those of you who know, we're like eight months pregnant right now. Um, and I'm learning a lot about trying to be a parent, you know, and I'm learning that like, you know, there's some of their first words, everybody's like, oh, is it mama, dada? No, no, it's no, <laughs> right? <laughs> Followed closely by mine, <laughs> right? right? We, are, we are born this way. Like this is our natural state as human beings is that we like things to be ours, right? There's a reason why we teach sharing. It doesn't just come naturally um, because it doesn't just come naturally, right? Um, so praise the Lord. It's something that we have to grow in. There's a grace of giving and a, gr a grace to generosity that we have to grow in. It's a muscle we have to stretch. Um, and by the way, for the record, you're going to see me drinking a lot of water here because for whatever reason, I am just extra parched. I don't know if it's just all the moisture is now snow, but um, yeah, reasons. So. Um, so let me start off with a story. There was uh, a young man, he was only about five or six years old, who was driving home with his family from church one day. He was in the back seat, his little booster seat, um, and as he was, they were driving home, he was enjoying for himself one of the finest treats um, the late 90s and early 2000s had to offer, and that was a cherry red push pop, right? Amen? Like, some of you know the flavor that I'm talking about. Like, it's in your mind. It looks like, I mean, it looks like just, it's, I mean, there's nothing better than even the visual experience of a push pop, right? Because it's just, it's, it's a lightsaber of joy is what it looks like, right? Amen? Holla. 
Yeah? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, so he was sitting there and enjoying his push up, and he was listening to his parents as they were talking about the message, and the message that they had heard on was about tithing. And so as he sat there in the back seat and he was listening to his mom and dad talk about tithing, he asked the question, Mom, what is tithing? So she, in her infinite motherly wisdom, turned around and said, well, it's giving the best you have to the Lord. And he sat there for a long moment as they drove home in the hot sun of the July heat, and he looked at his push pop. He thought to himself, this is the best that I have. He wasn't wrong. And so he, in this, his first act of conscious generosity to the Lord, reached up and placed it nearest to the Lord, which was behind him, on top of the fabric ledge behind the back seat of the white Ford Bronco, Ford Taurus. And when they got home, his mom got him out of the seat, and she looked back, and she saw what was now a melting pool of red, glistening push pop. She said, son, what what'd you do? What is that? And he looked at her and said, mom, that's my tithe. <laughs> and my wife, to this day, still tells people that's one of the reasons why she married me, because um, that was my story. And I'm really sorry, mom and dad, because the Ford was fairly new when that happened. <laughs> And legend has it that it was there to the very day it was sold to some new owner. <laughs> so, right? We learn generosity at a young age. And when we can learn it young, you know what? Honestly, it makes being generous easier throughout life. Amen? Right? But it, no matter where we're at in life, no matter what we do, generosity is something we have to grow in. Right? The grace of giving, that generous spirit is something we have to work at and we have to develop. Right? It doesn't just come passively. Um, we grow in the grace of giving. And some interesting statistics here. Uh, I just want to throw it to you. Kind of have these in the back of your minds. We're talking about this this morning. Did you know that the church in America, right, survives on an average of only $17 per congregant per week? That is the average um, giving of an 18-year-old. Just interesting, right? That the av that's the average income. Now, it doesn't mean that like, hey, some of, for some of us in the room, you know what? That's actually like $17 a week might actually be a very big challenge, right? And that's okay. And, and for some of us like that, that you know what? That we don't have much to give to the Lord. But it kind of gives us a picture of like what the average, what the heart is of American giving. Only 2% of Americans give to charity, by the way. Did you know that? Only 2% of Americans give to charity, right? And when I say charity, I mean like, charity, right? Like there's a lot of things that, that aren't charities, right? We give a lot of money to like lotteries. Lotteries are a charity, right? Because they're, they, they don't do anything good for anybody, right? It's, it's technically good, technically a charity, right? Only 2% of Americans give. And it kind of gives us a picture that like, hey, we, and yet we are the most generous nation in the world, did you know that we as a, as a nation give more money to, to charities and people in other nations than any other nation on the planet? Right? I will say also in the universe, but I think that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> somebody didn't find that funny. It's okay. Um, so, right, we are, we are there's a part of Amer us as Americans that need to grow in that grace of giving, right? We, need, we all need to. It's something that we have to stretch us. Because the truth is, when we give, when we grow that heart of giving, we are becoming more like God, right? God is a giver. The first time giving is mentioned in the Bible, first, God gave light to the earth. The second mention of giving is God gave Adam and Eve every herb of the garden that bore fruit or seed, 
right? Did you know that? That's the first time. God is the first mention of giving is connected to God. He models it first, right? He supplies our need first. And so when we give, we get to give back to the Lord, right? We give back to the Lord. That's why when we talk about receiving an offering for the Lord, we talk about receiving an offering for the Lord. We don't just receive an offering. Amen? Right? We want to make sure that we give to the Lord. That's where the generosity is. Right? For the record, I'm going to be praying for the offering at the end of the message. Some of you were waiting on that. Just letting you know we're going to pray for this at the end of the message. Um, so uh, let's talk about just some, some kind of concepts of giving. Okay? Uh, I'm going to actually start off with reading from uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 6 to 11. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to be drinking a lot of water today. Um, I love what this says when we talk about the heart of giving. This, gives, this paints such a good picture of what it is, like what, that, what that's supposed to look like. Here Paul is ta- uh, speaking to the Corinthians in his letter. He, so he says, okay, so follow me along. This is in your notes. This uh, first portion of this verse is in your notes. And we're going to break down some key words here. I'm not going to read all the Greek words for you because you don't want to sit here and listen to me stammer through Greek words, and I don't want to sit here and stammer through Greek words. So we're just going to talk about some of the biblical definitions. Amen? Okay. Um, So chapter 6, by this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You know what's funny is so many people just stop right there, and like that's the part of the verse they read. (laughs) And it's true, right? That's a promise in God's Word that, hey, listen, when we give like minimally, when we give little, we're going to reap little. If we give lots, we're going to reap lots. That's a spiritual principle. Businesses uh, 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 understand this. Every Fortune 500 company understands this, right? There's a principle to that that is real. It's biblical. It's true, okay? But there's more to it. So he goes on to say, verse 7, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able, ready now, I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read a lot of alls. I'm going to just say all the words all the time, all, 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 okay? I want you to hear all these words, okay? God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. How cool is that, right? You know what's funny is that first part of the verse we focus on because the first part of the verse where it talks about sowing and reaping has to do with us, right? The second part of this verse here, and I'm actually going to read a little bit on It's not in your notes, but it'll be up on the screen. It has nothing to do with us, has everything to do with God. Right? It, the giving here is who's really doing the giving in this verse, right? Is it us who are sowing and reaping, or is it God who is supplying? Amen? We've got to kind of like get our eyes on what God's doing. Okay, I'm jumping down to verse 10 here. Uh, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in every Uh, in everything, for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. This is, why do we give thanks? If it was just us giving, why would we give God thanks? Because He blesses, right? I mean, the Bible is so full, in fact, uh, Pastor Ross is going to go into this next week, is so full of promises when it comes to us giving and us being generous, how it opens up doors for God to bless, right? Habakkuk talks about how uh, God literally says, there's no other place in Scripture where God says, test me in this, 
Did you know that? Here it is in Habakkuk. It's not on your screen, but um, in Habakkuk he says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you cannot contain it. Right? Like that's, I don't know about you, I like that scripture. That's a good, that's a good Sunday morning verse, right? Um, that, is, that is so good. This is the only thing that God's inviting us to test him in. Like, hey, I will show you that I am faithful. Um, so I just want to kind of break down a few, few words here, right? Uh, so you have these words kind of here. They're bolded in your notes if you want to just follow along and write some of these down. Uh, I didn't have any blanks for you because I, I didn't know if you wanted some. Who's like really nerdy about taking notes? Anybody really nerdy about taking notes? You love taking notes? Yeah, God bless you. I'm not that way. But I, l- l- long life to you, Okay. My, uh, <laughs> I never had a notebook in school that went past like 15 pages. I just, I, it just didn't, you know. <laughs> so God bless. Um, so first, right? Uh, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Okay, that word heart there means thoughts or feelings of the mind. It's the same word in the verse where it says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's the same word that's used in the Greek language. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now, this is interesting because there's a lot of, there's a, and I've never heard a verse, um, not a verse, a, a message like this spoken here at this church, uh, but I have heard messages in life where people try to tell you that you need to go and, and, and kind of calculate all the tithes you never gave or, or all the times you should have given and didn't, and now you have to go back and like pay God back for all the times you didn't do that, right? And that's not the picture that God wants from a generous heart, right? That's, a, that's the picture of like extortion, right? That's the tax collector, right? That's the, that's the picture. Nobody likes paying taxes, right? Amen. Unless you do, God bless, like I said. Um, but nobody likes going back and having to try and do it. That's not a generous, loving God, right? He wants, you know, he wants our heart to be fixed on him, right? For uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Number two, that word grudgingly, okay? Everybody say grudgingly. Right? We kind of understand the picture of this grudgingly, but the other words for this include words like sadness, grief, heaviness, sorrow. These are all additional words that, that the Greek language could have translated that into, right? There's a picture here where like God doesn't want us to go and give from this place of like heaviness or, or fear or sadness, right? Have you ever like, have you ever had, <laughs> can you imagine like it's your birthday party and like somebody comes to you with like your birthday gift? And they like, they give you this gift, but they're like, they're like so wounded to do it. Like, oh my gosh, this is yours. Oh, it's so bad. I don't even want to see it. It's so good. I can't, I can't, I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, it, you wouldn't want to take that gift. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a gift. Yeah, but versus if somebody like, have you ever like had somebody give you a gift that like clearly popped out of a quarter machine, but like they thought of you with it and like they were so excited to give it to you, like that one stays on the windowsill right? Amen. We have like my, like when Gabrielle and I were dating, she saw, we were like these little tiny, like little guys in a, in a quarter machine. We literally got one and she's like, this reminds me of you. Like we still have it. His name is Phil. You know what I mean? Like he exists to this day. Like he's a species, he's a relic from the past, but like Phil's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, Right, like there's, there's like, it's something so special when it comes from a place of joy. You know, one of my cousins for, uh, for Gabrielle and my wedding made us a quilt. Um, she quilted like 
like she quilted a quilt. I don't know how to describe that for you. And I didn't know how long quilting takes. Does anybody here like do any quilting or have ever done? Yeah, God bless you. Um, because apparently it was like 60 hours she spent doing it. And I was like blown away, but she was so excited to give it to us, right? And it, for the record, it looks amazing, but it's such a treasure because of how like excited she was to give it to us for our wedding, right? Like it became such a treasure, right? Because it came from this place of joy, right? It came from this place of excitement. It wasn't given grudgingly, right? It came from the right place. Okay, next word there, of or of necessity, right? That, that invokes words of needfulness or distress. God doesn't want us to try and give from a place of distress, right? God doesn't want us to go and try and put our tithes or offerings onto a credit card and go into debt because we're, you know, like, have you ever gotten like the letters in the mail that are like, if you will give, you know, a thousand dollars to the Lord today, we can promise a 10x return within a month, right? Have you ever seen those letters? Right? Those are generally called spam. Um, but right, like those exist, right? There's, there's kind of like that thought and that's not God. God doesn't want you to go into distress to give, right? In the same way, nobody wants a gift that's given from distress, right? That's not a gift, that's extortion. Amen? That's not our God, right? That's not a loving, loving heavenly Father. And He doesn't want that to be our heart. God loves, that word loves is agape, okay? That's the word agape. That is selfless love, sacrificial love. This is God's love for us is selfless love. That's why he doesn't want us giving in these other ways. If God was a selfish God, like so many other religions have, okay, he would want us to give in all those other ways. He doesn't. What does he want? God loves a cheerful giver, right? A cheerful giver. You know that word cheerful? It means hilarious. <laughs> now listen, I don't know about you, I've never given and like found myself like hilariously laughing about giving. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine like that, what that would look like? You know, you walk out the back after service, you put your tithe into the offering, you just, you just, you just start laughing, right? And, and, and you can't contain it because that's what the concept of hilarious is. And then like, we're all going to be nervous for you and Tom's going to call 911 because we're going to be concerned that something's happened, you know? <laughs> so I'm getting, so passion, I'm spitting. Um, COVID, stay away. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, just opened my ring app. Um, okay, uh, right, th there's a picture of like hilarious, right? There's this overwhelming joy that comes from this picture of like giving. That's the kind of giving God wants. Like that's the heart that God wants us to have. And why? Here. Um, so just the last, last couple words here. I'm just going to wrap this up real quick. So if you're a fast writer, now's the time to enable that power. Um, God is able, that word able comes, uh, the root word of that able in the Greek is uh, connected to dunamos, right? It means dynamite, explosive, powerful. Um, this includes things like powerful, capable, strong. Our God is powerful and capable and strong to do what? To make all grace, which is favor, pleasure, and thanks, okay, to abound. That word abound means super abound. That's literally in the definition to super abound. It's the kind of abundance um, it's like, it's, it's a similar kind of picture of like when you try to pack your suitcase for a trip, okay, and you know you're not going to get all your clothes in there and so you're jumping up and down on it, right, and you finally get the latches to like, to, to, to click and you get off of it and it just bursts open, right? It is, your, your suitcase is super abounding, right? God is able to make all grace, which includes favor, blessing, right, to superabound towards you, 
that you would have all sufficiency. That word sufficiency, right? Three, three words I want you to write down if you get nothing else from this. is satisfaction, contentness, and completeness. God is powerful and able to make you content, complete, and at rest in every area of your life. He is able to make you content and complete in your family. He's able to make you content and complete in your finances, content and complete in your, your work environment, right? God is able to do all these things. He's powerful to do that. Will we take him at his word? You know, one of the truths is, one of the sad realities is that we, sometimes, I, can I tell you for me, like my journey in growing and giving um, was I, I had to learn to trust God's word, right? It, it was not an easy experience because I know God's word is true. <laughs> I just don't always trust it, right? Amen? We know that God's word is true, but do I trust it? And when I look at like things that I want to give to in my life, as I grow in the grace of giving, as I want to grow and become more of a giver in my life, one of the things I have to look at is like, you know, there are things that like, let's face it, there are things that, that struggle for our attention when it comes to giving, right? There's lots of things like Samaritan's Purse does a great job in like their PR department of showing like what we can give to. And for the record, I love Samaritan's Purse. They are amazing. They're doing so much stuff. They're right now doing cleanups from the tornadoes in the Midwest. They're incredible. They're awesome. And I want to give to that, right? But sometimes when we think of like, oh, I can give to the Lord now in our local church, or I can give to these other areas, some of these other things are just, they're just more glamorous, right? Let's just face it. It's just more attractive to give to like some mission in the Congo, right, than it is to like the local church, right? That's just a reality. That's one of the things. And so like, okay, and we understand like the tithe is for the storehouse and for the Lord and, and all these things. And we kind of kind of get this idea that, well, I should probably do all these things at once, when God wants us to make sure that we go to him in the heart of giving, that is, it is sincere, right? And it is, our heart is fixed on the Lord, right? Uh, and sometimes what we can do is we can miss the picture that God has for the local church and God has for like a local congregation, right? Because it's just not as attractive to give to a local church because you don't get the big headlines, right? But there's a kingdom perspective that God has that we don't have because we don't see it from God's perspective, Amen? So I want to do that a little bit today. I want to just uh, have this idea. So, uh, you know, as we grow in the grace of giving, we give to the Lord, right? Uh, hopefully you give here at the church. If not, maybe you have a home church you call home and you give to that. I hope you do. Uh, but you're a giver, right? So Pastor James, will you be my giver today? You just hold on to that. Um, Pastor James is our, our, our sincere giver this morning, um, and I'm going to do my best to not, like, pull him out of his seat with this. Um, <laughs> we'll see if I do. Um, and so Pastor James is doing the unglamorous thing. He's, uh, he's given to the church day in and day out. He's being faithful with what he has, right? And so that's enabled Pastor Jim on a nice Tuesday morning to counsel with a, a couple that, that needs some counseling in life, right? Uh, and he's able to be there because, you know what, somebody was faithful to keep the lights on. Uh, and so Tom and Josette will be my, my wonderful couple here. They don't need counseling for the record. I'm not saying they do. Um, <laughs> they're just using my example. That's some undescript example of a couple that needs counseling, get counseled by Pastor Jim on a Tuesday morning. And so they're, uh, they are, are getting counseling because somebody was faithful to give, right? Is uh, making sure that the kingdom uh, is advancing because at the end of the day, the lights are staying on. And you know what? It's not, it's not as attractive as given to the Amazon or some other place. 
but it's faithful and it's consistent. And so they have, uh, I'm going to go over this way so I don't hit you with a string. Um, so they have two kids. Will you be my two kids? Their two kids uh, get discipled at the church's amazing cutting-edge youth ministry, uh, who's just doing work up in here, whose leaders are unselflessly, you know, willing to say that they do hard work, right? Um, so their kids get discipled at, at the church's youth ministry. And so they grow up, and they go, and they meet um, a couple of friends at school. And those two friends at school, uh, you know what, they, they, it, after some time, they give their life to the Lord because they've heard what was spoken at the amazing youth ministry from an amazing leader named Jamela, um, <laughs> who, who was telling them about salvation. So they, they got that. And so those two kids go and they reach a few others. Maybe it's, maybe it's the week after, maybe it's a month after, maybe it's years after. Maybe it's not until they're in college. But there's a family that's affected. Yeah, if you guys just hold that, right, that's reached for the gospel. And that family goes and they go, uh, hopefully I stay connected to the thing. Okay. They go and they reach out uh, to a family that was at the food pantry. Not that you guys are, I'm just saying, uh, you know. Um, they reach out to a family to the food pantry that starts coming to church, that goes on to affect a family, that affects a family, that affects a generation and a generation and a generation and a generation. And we'll never see the web of grace but somebody kept the lights on, Amen. right? Amen. Somebody kept the lights on and was willing to pay a price and be consistent and be faithful with what little they had. And now generations are changed, Amen. right? Amen. So, hey, listen, don't give it up for me. Give it up for my amazing, um, uh, Tom's going to be my amazing helper here. Um, I would say my lovely assistant. He's going to wrap this up. We're not going to just leave this here. So you can, you can let go of that. Thank you. <laughs> here, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get it to this point. Um, like I said, give it up for Tom. He's my lovely assistant. Can you imagine if I did magic tricks? Right, that's the picture of kingdom that we'll never see with our eyes right? That's the picture of generations changed that we will never see. And that's not an, un, that's not an unrealistic description. That's the description of my life, right? Like, that's the description of, like, my parents, like, somebody just invited, them. actually it was Gab's, I have Gab's dad to thank for a lot. He invited them to the church. He invited my dad to the church. My dad came to the church, so I came to the youth ministry. This is where I gave my life to the Lord, right? Like, there is, we'll never, we'll never see how the, a single act of faith changes the world. We'll never see it, right? But God's perspective is different. God's perspective, he sees the web of grace that is woven throughout each of our lives. And every one of us, <laughs> this is beautiful, by the way, this is, I'm seeing a bonding thing happening here. Just, these are side effects of just good. <laughs> Right, this is the web of grace. I feel like I have so many more analogies I could do with this right now, but I won't. Talk about eternity and a string. Yeah. Um, right, so this all sums up with uh, Jesus. One of my, the great pictures of this that we see is in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. Okay, uh, this is Jesus is um, at the Temple Mount, right? He's in the outer courts, and people are bringing in their offerings to the temple, right? And uh, <clears throat> there is this huge event that is taking place that for me, you know, for them it was just every day. This happens, you know, on a, on a regular basis. But there's something that unique happens this day, and I'm going to read it for you here. Verse 41. 
Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. Now pause there. You know what's interesting? Depending on your translation that you might have, it'll say Jesus sat opposite the treasury and watched the people put money in, or Jesus was there and, and he watched as the people, whatever. You know what I mean? There's different versions that describe different ways. The exact translation is he sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. Isn't that interesting? Jesus didn't sit there and watched what they put in. He didn't sit there and watched if they put in. He saw how they put it in, right? There's a very, there's a reason it says how, right? Because hear this, to the infinite God, all of our finites are equal. Do you hear that? That's very profound. <laughs> to the infinite God, all of our finites are equal. Jesus is not impressed with the guy who's walking up, who's the, with the Elon Musk at the time, who's throwing tons of money in, right? That does not impress Jesus, right? Jesus, the God of the universe, did not, like, there wasn't, like, <laughs> there wasn't some angel in heaven who was like, wow, that was amazing. Tom's doing great this year, right? Like, you know what I mean? There, he's watching how the people are putting money into the treasury. And many who are rich put in much. You know what's funny? Many, when it says many who were rich put in much, how do we know that they were rich and that they put in much? We can tell by how they put their money into the offering. <laughs> Amen, right? There's something significant there that's happening. Verse 42, then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quandrance. I probably butchered that name. For the record, two small mites, uh, I did the calculations, I checked for inflation. If you associated that today, that was worth about $6. $6. That's, not, that's hardly a snack, right? But it was her whole livelihood. She put in two uh, small mites, which were about a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they put in out of their abundance, but she put in out of her poverty. Uh, all she had, her whole livelihood. Her whole livelihood. You know, I can only imagine what that must have been like that day. And actually, uh, I'm going to invite uh, Monica to come up and just play on the keys here a little bit as we close. But if I could, you could just picture yourself that day in the treasury, right? As the people were coming, there were all these different, you know what they had? They had horns. Uh, they looked like little brass receptacles. And so dropping a coin in there probably had a similar effect of dropping into a jar, right? We all know what that was. That was a quarter. Because your entire life you've been trained to know what that sound was. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. If you drop a penny in a, in a, in a crowded mall, nobody's going to look. But you drop a quarter in a crowded mall, oh, everybody's looking, right? We're trained to. We know that equals value. And so she's sitting there, and she's, I, I, in my mind, I imagine she's waiting in line amongst all these people. And you can only picture as she's putting the money, as, as they're putting the money in, oh, wow, they must be doing really good this year. Oh, I didn't know he was doing so well. Right? Oh, wow, he's really, <laughs> what did he do wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, so she's there. And she's observing as the money is going in. And I imagine the sound and the ruckus and the talking that almost be taking place. And all the truth is the glory that's going into their giving. And she knows that what she has doesn't amount to much. 
She knows that what she has to bring to God isn't that important. Truth is, she's a widow, right? She has, truth is, nothing of her own. There's nothing that she has that is required of her to give. She has no income. She has no rights to land. She doesn't even have social status. Her best hope is that somebody from her family would take her in because otherwise she has no livelihood. And yet she showed up at the Temple Mount that day bringing to the Lord what she had. She had two small mites. She has six dollars, but she loved her Lord. She knew who God was. Whereas other people were there to give out of their abundance, she knew who God was. So this was no tithe, this was no sin offering, this was a love offering. And Jesus sees this. And as he's watching how the people put money in, he calls over his disciples. He says, there's something different here. And from heaven's perspective, they gave, whether it's out of obligation or out of guilt or out of just abundance or because it was no sacrifice to give, something different was happening. She was giving all she had. And in this moment, heaven and this widow had something in common. They were both giving all they had for love. Jesus was the fullness of, tre of heaven's treasure, was given to you and I because God loved us. Those two mites were the fullness of her treasure, now given to the Lord because she loved him. And we don't know her name, But her story, can you imagine? I, in my mind, I can only imagine that she must have felt like, what difference will this make? Really, what importance does this have? And had she not been faithful, imagine the churches that would not exist today because the people would never have been inspired by her story, right? Imagine the, the, the generations that would not have been reached because people weren't weren't convicted by the Holy Spirit to step up and grow in the grace of giving because they heard the story that Jesus pointed out, said there's something different here. This is faithful. Her heart was on the Lord. Her treasure was not in her hands. Her treasure was in heaven. And it caused heaven to stop. It caused heaven to look. It caused the treasure of heaven there amongst them that she didn't even fully recognize, I'll imagine, that Jesus, God in the flesh, was there. But he saw her. And the truth is, he sees you. The Lord sees your need. He sees you in your moment of fear or doubt or worry or saying, I don't know how I can make the bills. I don't know how I'm going to make things work with my family. I don't know how I'm going to make things, how, how to make it all fit together. God, it's too much. It's too crazy. Life's just too crazy. I can't do another COVID spike, right? God sees your need. He sees where you're at. And this is the moment we can make a decision. Am I going to treasure and value what I have in my hand, try and hold on to it with all my hope, all my heart, or am I going to make my treasure heaven? Am I going to grow in that grace of giving? Not from guilt, not from shame, not from fear, but will I make Jesus my treasure? And when I give, will I give to his kingdom? Will I give to that web of grace that we have seen just pictured here that truth is weaves throughout generations to every one of us today? Will we partner with that kingdom 
and see lives changed, people healed, people set free, just like I was. Will we step into that kingdom and say, God, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. Will we make Jesus our treasure today? We make his kingdom our treasure. We adjust our heart and say giving is not just about what God will bless me with, though he will. It's not just about where it's going to, although it's good. It's about God. I'm giving to you now. My heart is on you. Will we grow in that grace? Make Jesus Lord, not just of our hearts, but of our finances. Because Lord knows that's hard. Amen. Making him Lord, I'll tell you what. I have never regretted giving to the Lord, even to when it hurt. But I've certainly regretted spending money similar to that on myself, right? There's something about growing in the grace of giving, stepping into his kingdom. It's just different, amen? So hey, listen, will you stand with me here as we close? And so in this series, we talk about the, the life of the giver. Today, we're talking about the heart of the giver. Um, hey, where is God calling you to grow this year? Where is God calling you to stretch this year? Is God, maybe, maybe you've been here as we've been talking about this and digging into the Word a little bit. Maybe there's a part of you that's like, God's just knocking on your heart like, hey, I, I want you to stretch in this a little bit. You know, let the Lord stretch you. Maybe the Lord's knocking on your heart. Maybe there's another area that you just feel like this year God's calling you to stretch or to grow in. Hey, lean into the Lord's coaching of your heart. Because how many of us know when the closer we get to God, the more generous we become, the more kind we become, the more sensitive to others we become, the more authoritative in His Word we become, because we become more like Christ. And that's His call, that we step into a Christ-like walk. And that includes our giving. That includes the heart of our giving. So, Father, this morning, as we close here, God, we thank you that we do get to partner with you. God, I thank you, Father, uh, that we get to come together as a body of Christ and give to your kingdom, to see your kingdom come, Father, and your will be done. Thank you that, God, we get to join with heaven, both in our lives and also in our finances. God, thank you that as we grow and as you stretch our hearts, that we become more and more Christ-like in everything we do because, Father, we are pursuing you and we seek after you, Father. So we, we just give you joy, Father. We give you praise this morning and we invite you, God, to stretch us, grow us, make us the kind of people that are intended and are meant to change the world because, God, you are living in us and your desire is to move through us. And we thank you that we get to join with you in all these things. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, church, thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, I want to just invite you. I have, uh, you are, are totally dismissed. Thank you for being with us. But uh, I have a real widow's mite here that my mom gave me for Christmas a couple years ago. Uh, and if you want to geek out with me, we can look at it together. I am just wanted you to be invited to that. So anyways, God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning, church. We love you and we will see you next week.